To look a lot like partners everywhere you go. That's right, we're back again with another Podmas episode. It's day 21, and this is another very tricky letter. This one, it's another solo podcast. So it's me, Jack, here, and I will be taking you through the top five greatest players with the surnames beginning with you. So, honorable mentions, I struggle to think of many. I think the only one that potentially came to mind was Matty Upson. Started off at Arsenal, didn't really play. He managed to work his way into a decent Premier League career as a centre-back and he scored for England at a World Cup. So not a bad career, but not quite making the top five. If we move into the top five now, so at number five, I've gone with John Utaka. So I think you could potentially label this guy as a journeyman. Maybe a little bit unfair, that is, because he's made a big impact on some of the clubs he's been at. Me, personally, I remember him most probably for his Portsmouth days, where he was part of the team that won the FA Cup in 2008, and then he got to the final in 2010. And another big memory of mine was when he was at Montpellier. So they won the league in 2012, which was absolutely massive, I think. If you're calling the French League a top five league, then it's up there with Leicester in terms of big shocks of teams uh, winning the league in the top five leagues in the last sort of 10, 20 years, really. It was a massive achievement. And he got two goals in the game that clinched that title. So it'll always go down in the history books of that club as well. He was a very fast and direct winger. He did used to play up top at times as well. And he did forge out a very good international career as well at Nigeria. Got just under 50 international caps and he went to about five tournaments, a couple of World Cups, three African Nations Cups tournaments. And yeah, he was always in and around the squad for the best part of the decade there as well. So yeah, John Utaka, that's a solid shout for me at number five. Now at number four, I've gone for Dayot Okamakano. By the time this guy retires, I think he's going to be right up this list, probably at number one. But even at the age of 23, he's done enough for me to be in the top five. We talk a lot about the French team, how talented that is, and particularly the centre-back pool of the last few years that France has produced has just been ridiculously deep. But this guy's arguably the best of the lot. Defender, really good ball player, good dribbler, very aggressive, good at interceptions, and he's not the biggest, but he's more than capable in the air as well. In his short career, he's already had a couple of big moves. First going to Leipzig, and then as they all seem to do, making the move to Bayern Munich, and he's been riddled with injuries as well, so he's not had as many games as he would have liked throughout his career so far. But you can see the talent. Just, just watch him once or twice. And if he can stay injury-free, looks like a starter in that Bayern side and in that French side for the next decade as well. And to be starting in that French side, with the amount of talent that they've got, is just showing how good of a player that he is. 
he's already established himself as one of the top defenders in the Bundesliga over the last three or four years. And he had a really good Champions League campaign in 2020, where Leipzig got to the semi-finals. And in particular against Atleti in the quarterfinals, he had an absolute monster performance, which was arguably his career highlight. And I'm sure Bayern knew who this guy was already, but that certainly would have put him extra on the radar for that match. At number three, I've gone with David Unsworth. So before John Terry was about, David Unsworth was the top scoring defender in Premier League history. He was a constant in Premier League sides for over a decade. Predominantly a left-back, which is sort of mostly where I remember him. But he did also play at centre-back at times as well. And you can imagine a lot of these teams in the modern day play a three at the back with wing-backs. You see him slotting in in that sort of left-centre-back role quite easily. So, yeah, very versatile player. Really good at penalties as well. Uh, one of one of his main penalties, actually, that he got all those ever and most of his career was he kept Wigan up and relegated Sheffield United, who he'd famously paid for earlier that season. So, yeah, when the pressure was really on, Unsworth was one of the top penalty takers about, for sure. He was one of those players, he didn't really stand out, but, you know, he's pretty consistent. Whenever you saw him play, he was a six or seven out of ten pretty much every week. And he was part of Everton's FA Cup winning side in 1995, which is still the last major trophy that Everton have won. And he's still at the club today, actually, as an academy coach. At number two, I've gone with a similar player to Unsworth in some respects, and that is Thomas Ufalusi. So he's mostly a centre-back, but yeah, why I say he was a bit similar, won the versatility, mostly at centre-back, but he occasionally used to play full-back, particularly in his days at Fiorentina. And, yeah, he was one of those, again, that didn't really stand out. But he was just just good, constantly good player. Highly rated everywhere he went. So he's played for some decent sides in Europe. You know, Hamburg, Fiorentina, Galatasaray, Atletico Madrid. And he did well at all of those clubs, was loved at all of those clubs. And, yeah, to do it in different leagues and, and consistently be good, that's that's got to tell you how good you are. When I look back at that Czech side that he was in, in the early noughties, that was one of the top international sides going, really. And the fact that he was consistently starting in that lineup, I mean, probably one of the reasons he didn't stand out is because they had so many great players in that side. But if you look at that compared to today's Czech side, Felici not only walks into the side, he captains the side as well. And he's probably the star player. He's really class defender, won 78 caps, which, again, in a top international side, that's a top achievement in itself. And, yeah, he, he just seemed to be able to to adapt to different systems, different leagues, and just do a job wherever he was asked to play and whatever team he was asked to play for. And at number one, it's another centre-back. It is Samuel Mtiti. So this is another player that was riddled with injuries a little bit. But he still achieved a lot. He won the World Cup with France and he actually got a really crucial goal en route to the final in the semi-final against Belgium. And yeah, he's one of the most talented centre-backs of this really deep pool of French players that we've already mentioned. And for him to get a starting berth in 
that World Cup side in 2018. That just shows you how highly rated he was. And he also got a couple of starts in some knockout games in Euro 2016 as well. And Titi wasn't the tallest, but he was strong, had a really good leap as well. And his ability on the ball was something that caught the eye of Barcelona, who paid between 20 and 25 million for him back in 2016. Because of his injuries as well, he has got a really good trophy per games played ratio. So he's he's won a trophy every 35 games that he's played in his career. So yeah, the, the guy, when he gets on the pitch, he's a winner. I'd say his prime or his, his career highlights year so far would have been 2018. That was obviously the year he won the World Cup and it was also the, the year that he played the most games. And he was voted into the second team World Eleven at the FIFA Pro Awards for 2018. And that rounds off today's list. That rounds off the top five players beginning with you. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Podmas. And remember to keep it... Uh, 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 uh,